when last we ended, Elijah prayed at Mount Carmel. God sent the fire. Elijah was victorious. God was God throughout the land of Israel. Again, all the people saw it. All the people recognized God as God, and they recognized that Baal was not a God at all. The prophets of Baal were defeated, and now Elijah, he's going to rest and take a vacation, right? No. No, he's not. The sound of abundance of rain came. The hand of God came up out of the water, brought rain to the land of Israel after three and a half years drought. Ahab the king was at Mount Carmel. He was there. He saw it all. He saw Jezebel's God fail, fail. He saw it. Ahab goes home. What does he do? Tells his wife everything. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. And withal, how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Now this is fascinating because Jezebel was killing all the prophets of God. Jezebel was killing all the prophets of God. Yet when her prophets had fallen, she sends a message to Elijah, and it says this. Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods, little g, gods, do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, when Elijah got the message, he arose and ran for his life, came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, Israel and Judah, yeah, land of Israel used to be one nation, it's now two, Israel and Judah. He ran to Judah and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey further into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. Jezebel says, Elijah, I'm going to do to you what you did to them. And if I don't do to you what you did to them, then the gods do more, more so plus to me. Jezebel's making a contract with Elijah. Elijah, you got 24 hours to live, and then you're dead, buddy. That's exactly what Jezebel is saying. But what I find most interesting is that Baal did not show up in Mount Carmel, and Jezebel is still all in for Baal. Baal is the god of child sacrifices. She is mad that Elijah did exactly what she did. Elijah killed the prophets of the false god Baal, while Jezebel was killing the prophets of the Lord God. She is not a happy camper with Elijah because her chosen religion has now been proven false and is now being persecuted. She sends a messenger to Elijah that he will be dead in 24 hours, or she has not tried hard enough. Elijah, he gets scared. Why? Well, he saw all the prophets that were killed. He knows Jezebel. He knows things about Jezebel we don't have here in front of us. He knows the type of woman she is. He knows her wrath. He knows her resolve. He knows her resources. He knows she's going to kill him because she wants all the prophets of God dead. Plus, and I want you to understand this, he had just spent all day at Mount Carmel. He had spent all day at Mount Carmel watching these prophets, mocking 
the false god Baal. He sat all day in front of the people in the hot sun. Then he repaired the altar. Then he had the water brought. Then he stood before all the people. He prayed to God. He had a mighty victory. Elijah did this all day, and he is tired. He's worn out. He's on the height of a victory. And then he gets this note from this message from Jezebel, and he's tired. He's worn out. He has stood up for God in front of all the nation. And now he's tired and he runs. Jezebel is vicious. Jezebel is methodical. And now Elijah is on her radar. The victory on Mount Carmel wore him out. The ups, the downs. The mighty work came with a cost. Then he ran in front of Ahab to Jezreel. He ran from Mount Carmel to Jezreel. Not a small journey by any stretch. Elijah ran on foot beat Ahab because the Spirit of the Lord was upon him, outran Ahab to Jezreel. Elijah is tired when he gets this message. He's worn out. He had a mighty victory, but that victory wore him out as it does most of us. He decides to try and outrun Jezebel. He runs from the land of Israel to the land of Judah. He runs to uh, somewhere where Ahab is not king and Jezebel is not queen. He leaves his servant there in Beersheba. And he travels on a day further into the land of Judah. I'm assuming for safety. It doesn't say. It just says he goes a day on. And what happens when he gets another day in? He's tired. He's been journeying. He's been on the run. He's looking over his shoulder. He sits down and he says, God, it is enough. Just like Obadiah a few chapters before. Obadiah, the servant, uh, excuse me, the governor of Ahab's house. Obadiah says, haven't I done enough? Now you want me to go get Ahab and bring him back here for my certain doom? Elijah says, isn't it enough? Isn't it enough? Look what I've already done. All of Israel now knows that you're God. Have I not done enough? But there is so much more that God has in store for him. He's not done. There's so much more. God knew Elijah needed a break. God knew Elijah needed some rest. God knew Elijah needed some food, he needed some recharge time, and then he was going to get back out there. God knew that. So Elijah goes a days further from his servant, finds a place, and he lays down. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake, bacon, on the coals, and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. Angel woke him up, saw the food, saw the drink. He ate, he drank, he laid down again and took another nap. He was tired. He was worn out. He was physically a mess. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat for 40 days and nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. I don't know what he was fed. It doesn't say that time. It just says, arise and eat. So I'm going to uh, not speculate on that. I'm just going to know that he's got a 40 days and 40 night journey to Mount Horeb. God fed him something that would carry him through on that journey. fascinating thing here is that there was not 
a nap, one nap, a single nap. There was not a nap. There was a time of rest. There was a time of refreshment, a time of sleep, time of food. Then more sleep and more food. So after a major victory, he went for days. Now all of a sudden, he's resting. And boy, does he have a rest now. And then he's fed of God twice. And you know what? God didn't say, all right, you slept long enough. No. God said, take another nap. God said, lay down. I know what you need. Our God does that. Sometimes a nap isn't enough. Sometimes there's a need to take time off. Why do you think we were given the Sabbath? God gave us a day to rest. Six days thou shalt work, and on the seventh day thou shalt rest. Why do you think there's a Sabbath? God knows these bodies he created needs rest. He knows this. Why don't we accept that? God sent an angel to minister to Elijah, for he had a long journey. I don't know why I said that so weird. God sent a an angel to minister to Elijah, for he had a long journey ahead of him. He is going to Mount Horeb. How many of you know about Mount Horeb? If you do, raise your hand. Mount Horeb. What do we know about that? It sounds familiar. Hmm. The site of the burning bush, Mount Horeb. The site of the Ten Commandments, Mount Horeb. The site of the golden calf, Mount Horeb. The Mount of God. That is where Elijah is going. He's 40 days away from it in the land of Judah. Now, 40 days away from it, let's say uh, 10 miles, 40 days, 400 miles from Mount Horeb. Now, we consider 400 miles an eight-hour trip. For him, it was 40 days on foot. So, when considering the, di the, the, the distances and the times traveled in the Bible, remember, they didn't have cars. Most of them didn't have horses or donkeys or camels. Most of them got where they were going by using their own two feet. So Elijah is going for 40 days and 40 nights, 400 miles to Mount Horeb. And he came thither unto a cave, he came unto Mount Horeb, unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, and he said unto him, God says unto Elijah, What doest thou here, Elijah? Elijah says, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. 40 days, 40 nights, he travels to Mount Horeb. Now remember, his sermon's way back 41 days travel ago. So he goes to Mount Horeb. God tells him to go there. He is now going to have an audience with God. God in person. Not just prayer. God in person at Mount Horeb, because Mount Horeb is the Mount of God. God came to Horeb. He says, Elijah, what are you doing here? Why are you here? Now, God told him to go there. But God wants Elijah to say why he's there. God wants Elijah to understand what he's trying to say and how it sounds. What does Elijah say? Elijah says, and he sounds like a lot of us. Elijah says, 
God, I have worked and served for you zealously. No one else is doing anything. God, I can't do it all alone. God, I'm tired. They're trying to kill me. They're trying to run me out. They're trying to wear me out. How many of us sound like that? And what does God say to Elijah? He says, go forth, stand upon the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. All of creation is blowing, rocking, shaking, getting ready for the arrival of the Lord. And after the earthquake there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire a still small voice. He used the big events to get Elijah's attention. And then he shows up and he speaks in a still small voice. The Lord was not in the loud earth-shaking events. He was in a still small voice. Yet, what was the reason for that still small voice? Good question. Elijah, what doest thou here? It was so, when Elijah heard it, the still small voice, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering of the cave. He is in God's mountain. God is before him, and Elijah wraps his face, wraps his eyes, and stood in the entering of the cave. And behold, a voice came unto him and said, What doest thou here? Elijah. Elijah, you ran from the trouble. Elijah, you ran from Jezebel. Elijah, you ran. Why are you here, Elijah? Why did you run, Elijah? God comes to Elijah, asks, why are you here? So many times we hear that God speaks in a still, small voice. Yet we very often forget to mention the value of the question that God asked Elijah. What doest thou here? You're supposed to be there. What doest thou here? That's what God asked Elijah. And what does Elijah say? He repeats his answer from before. And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. God knows already what Elijah's doing there. God knows why Elijah is there, why he's not where he's supposed to be. God knows. And Elijah, as he's standing there speaking that, I can only imagine, and again, I am imagining this, I can only imagine that as Elijah states his case, just like he did when Obadiah stated his case to Elijah, I can only imagine that Elijah, when he's stating his case, starts to think, wow, that sounds a little... Sounds a little self-serving, doesn't it? God knows. And Elijah starts to feel the feebleness of his argument. The, the meaninglessness of his arguments. Elijah starts to see it. How do I know? Is what God says next. The Lord said unto him, Go, 
return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Hazel to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphet, of Abel-Mahaloah, shalt thou anoint to be thy prophet in thy room. Shalt anoint to be prophet in thy room. And it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Hazel shall Jehu slay. And him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Yet, and here comes the question that everybody's been saying. Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which has not kissed him, meaning Baal. Elijah's throwing a pity party. Elijah's saying, woe is me, God, this woman's trying to kill me. I ran from the battlefield before the chariots, and then they get a message from the queen that she's going to kill me. And I ran, and I ran, and I ran, and then I came in here. Lord, I'm here. I have served you so well. I have served you so jealously. Lord, I have done so much already. I have returned Israel to the worship of the Lord God. Why must I do more? And what does God say? He didn't say, Elijah, snap out of it. He didn't say, Elijah, stop the pity party. God listened to him. God even let him say it twice. But then God says, after the second time Elijah hears it, after the still small voice, now, and here's the important part, the still small voice. God spoke to the still small voice. Elijah heard. But what happened after the still small voice? Silence. The earthquake, the fire, the, 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 the wind, all of that was so loud. And what happens after a loud, deafening sound? Everything goes silent. And Elijah heard the still small voice. And then Elijah, in that same silence, after the voice of God spoke, Elijah spoke and he heard his voice. He heard his reasoning. Nothing else is going on. He heard everything he said. God knew. God knew Elijah now understands. God knew Elijah is now done with his pity party once he heard his own words. In the silence, Elijah said something and it struck him. And then God, what did God do? Did he, did he, did he belittle him? No. Did he strike him down? No. What did he do? He gave Elijah his next mission. He said, go anoint Hazel, go anoint Jehu, and go get Elijah, and let's get some work done. And God let him throw his pity party. God let him feel sorry for himself for about five minutes. God didn't belittle him. God didn't strike him down. God didn't retire him. God didn't say, oh, you're weak, I can't use you. No. God encouraged him and said, I have 7,000 left. You are not alone. Now get back on that road and go. God exhorted him. God encouraged him. God lifted him up. Elijah threw a pity party. And God attended. Did not belittle him. 
He did not make light of it. He did not put up with it either, though. He didn't say, all right, well, you got to know. He said, Elijah, you're being silly. Let's get up. Pick yourself up. There's 7,000 left, not just you. Get going. God took care of Elijah better. Let him rest twice. God took care of Elijah. And then once Elijah had that major victory for God, God gave him a couple days to get ready, and then God sent him back out to fight the battle. And then at the very end, I was so impressed with what God did here with Elijah. I really was. I mean, I know he's God, and I shouldn't be impressed with something, but I did. I was so impressed with what God did here. He brought Elijah to Mount Horeb. He let him have his say. But then, with the loud wind, with the earthquake, and with the great fire, he created a silence. And he said, what doest thou here? And Elijah, in that silence, voiced his argument, voiced his complaints, and he heard his own voice. And then God says, all right, we're done. Let's get back to work. You had your moment. Moment's over. Let's get back to work. You're still my servant. I'm still your God. We're going to move on together. Didn't belittle him. Didn't replace him. Didn't bash him. Didn't smack him. Didn't put him down. He dealt with him. And then, after he says, Elijah, this is your mission, go to Hazel. Go to Jehu. Go to Elijah. After all that, God says, Elijah, you are not alone. I am still God. There are 7,000 in Israel who still believe in me, who have not been to me to Baal. Elijah, this battle is only just beginning. I have forces marshaled, ready to roll. Elijah, go. God took care of Elijah in every way that he could. Fed him. Gave him rest. Let him voice his opinion. And then he answers the question to pick him up, to boost him up, dust him off, get him on his way. We serve a good God. He allowed Elijah his moment, and then he said, let's go. Get back on that horse. Get back on that mission. Get back on my will. Get back, go. Your pity party's over, Elijah. Time to get moving. Elijah threw a pity party. God attended. To me, that is fascinating. God didn't let him stay there, but he gave him his chance. 